Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed Cause nothing's more relaxing than the cries of death Smoking! I like it a lot. I'll be back. <laughs> this is the Jim Carrey Arnold Schwarzenegger Appreciation Pod. <laughs> and Jim Carrey does his favorite catchphrase from the 2008 smash indie horror film The Strangers. <gasps> That's right! Oh, it was because you were. <laughs> I'm going to jingle all the way again. (laughs) That was from my uh, treatment for Jingle All the Way, too. I'm going to jingle all the way again. Matt, this is a cuckoo way to start this pod, but we love it here. Is Jingle All the Way (laughs) 2 potentially directed by Rennie Harlan? Who knows? I mean, that's always a possibility because we've heard some interesting news about a sequel about the movie at hand right now. Yeah, that's right. There is already a a sequel. There was a formal sequel in the works that didn't happen. Then came a second, I think, direct-to-video sequel. All of this information courtesy of our wonderful researcher, Brantley Palmer. Thank Thank you, you, Brantley Palmer, as always. There's currently a third installment in the works, Helmed by Harlan. Helmed by Harlan. That should be his uh, little his name on a poster. Yeah, Helmed just says by like Harlan. you look at the bottom. It says Helmed by Harlan. You're like, yeah, Rennie's back. Oh, another Harlan helming. <laughs> now Brantley also shared a little piece of news here that I thought was very scary. Uh huh. We are recording this on May thirtieth, <gasps> the exact fifteenth anniversary of the Strangers release. I thought that was pretty weird. That's pretty crazy. Fifteen yeah. years ago today. The Strangers hit the screen after being shelved for a year. Years. So maybe we need to shelve this 
podcast yep. episode? Well, for don't a think year? of it as shelving. Think of it as putting it in the wine cellar to age into a fine vintage. Jeez. Let's make a lot of current day jokes and references. Um, oh, this debt ceiling. <laughs> uh, oh, this May 30th uh, parade. <laughs> Oh, man, what a 15th anniversary of the release of The Strangers, helmed by Harlan. Uh, not this one. Look, the point is, I'm Matt Gorley. And I'm Paul Rust. And this is uh, with Gorley and Rust. That's our last names. That's right. Maybe you've put it together. We just did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're uh, having a good time here on this stretch of one-offs, uh, little horror movie one-offs where you picked four faves. I picked four faves, and we're working through... Not faves. What would you say? Uh, um, curios. Curios. Yeah. We're halfway through this season with this film. Each of us picked Quattro Curios. Yeah. And now we have Ocho Curios together. And Toto. That's right. Uh, we've covered Suspiria. Mm-hmm. The Thing. Mm-hmm. The Hand. Yeah. The Strangers. And now The Strangers. And... Next, not in this order, is The Conjuring, Sinister, Seven, and The Vanishing. Wow. So, uh, if you guys had your bingo cards uh, uh, set on gerunds and articles, (laughs) (laughs) you're in luck. If you did, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you nut. Then, and this is where we're going to get into some business, aside from the fact that you can go to with Gorley and Rust at patreon.com, wait, at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust slash slash, you can get mailbag episodes, feature length film commentaries, episodes a week early and ad free, bonus content, little vid bits we've been doing, yeah. cozy tournaments, cozy brackets, and now, and now indeed, coming with the shining season, if you subscribe at the baby xenomorph level, you get video live streaming. Live shining. Live shining. <laughs> live screaming is what you live called screaming, it. Of and course, I called but... it streaming when I should have called it screaming, but now you've called it shining and you've. No, let's make it live it screaming. We got to set a baseline before I don't know. we uh, add the hi hat. <laughs> Still pretty good. Also, we just wanted to appreciate our xenomorphs. If you subscribe at that level, you also get your name shouted out on the podcast. Just email yeah. us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. And put it in the subject, and we'll read it out, as we will at the end of this episode. But yes, get on that level, and uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's just with Gorley and Rust. Yeah, because you did a test one. I did a test and this I, Saturday. We did a test one right now, right before. And, That's right. Uh, I did a little surprise on that video. Oh, this is the whole reason you're going to want to be involved in the, the visual side of this thing. Tell them what you treated them to. Okay, so I came in... Your house this morning. Fully nude. Fully nude. Yeah. Except for one raisin <laughs> placed on my foreskin. <laughs> it counts. Technically, it counts. It's, it's the covered. fig leaf. I mean, yeah. it's basically. It's the fig. Elaine, it's the fig leaf of its time. Also, this was a giant raisin. It was yes. one of the California raisins who was just hanging on for his dear life. <laughs> yeah, it did have those arms and the feet with the little converse. Uh, so I walked in, no, I was fully clothed and I even had my hoodie zipped up in a talk about curio. That was a little curious that I was, yeah, yeah I should have noticed. I don't know up. if you, well, I really had to pull a true, uh, um, 
like I was a, the killer in an Agatha Christie. Like oh. I came in and I started unzipping it. And I was like, you fool, Paul, why are oh, you unzipping it? And I zipped don't, it up real quick I, when you had your back turned. Wow. I, why did I not pick up on any? What kind of spy am I that doesn't pick up on the tell? Oh, it, it, John Lacar would be spinning in his yeah grave grave of la grave la grave yeah. <laughs> uh, usually he drove his Lacar, but now he's yeah. In the well, I know. I mean, he's in a big pitcher of gravy, a big what do you call it? A gravy boat? <gasps> gravy boat. Yeah, we're gonna need a bigger gravy boat <laughs> <laughs> for John Lacar. Eh? <laughs> And John LeGrave. Oh, boy. Tabs open. Now back to your reveal. Yeah. So uh, then we start the video, and I'm just waiting for the opportunity for the strangers to be mentioned. Yeah. It does get mentioned, and I pull down the zipper of my hoodie, and I display my, Amazing. not my, a, the stranger shirt. And it's kind of like perfectly, talk about 15th anniversary. Yeah. Whatever that printing they would do on these shirts. I mean, it's not as bad as like those mid nineties printed shirts that are so thick. And then oh, the thing yeah. is just like kind of crumbly oh, yeah. put on the shirt. There's no, this looks pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's very like a quality comfy. concert tee. Yes, that's right. It's soft. Feels good. And it has some shape still, but oh my gosh, it's got the faces of the strangers. The three strangers. Uh, it's more like the spoilers. If you saw this shirt, yeah, you'd right. be like, hey, you're spoiling the faces of the guys I don't get to see until, you know, 40 minutes in or something. You, I believe their credited character names are Dollface, The Man in the Mask, and Pinup Girl. Is that right? Something like that? Okay. Let's, yes, you're right. That is what they're called. So we should start calling them from that yeah. point forward. Out of respect. Way. Yes. Yes. So then, uh, yeah, that was a fun little surprise. Uh, the, well, forget about the strangers. Uh, it was more the surprises. It really was. It, it, the, the point is, if you want to see this, get to that Xenomorph level, subscribe. Because also, I think, you know, we'll be recording these regular episodes that then you could, if you were at that level, see. Maybe after we finish each episode, we'll take a question or two, too. Because the mm. chat system's running like wildfire in yeah. there and everybody's talking to each other and talking to us and I think even after we pressed stop there was still some discussion going on I don't know I don't even fully understand how it works I know but I've it got could it have working. gone on like a, a like a you know a, a junior high crush yeah. call like when you just you can't hang up the phone oh you hang up first no you hang up first no you hang up first <laughs> my uh, uh, story of that I think I might have told it before but like in Maybe the summer between seventh and eighth grade. Uh, this uh, girl I was, uh, what would you say? Smitten? Going out with. Okay, yeah. That we, was, I think, the term. You're saying... That changes with, like, every year. Because when I was in junior high, it was go around with, then go with, then go out with. Wow. In three separate years. Like, you had to graduate to that terminology or you were not worth going around. With. So it was a hierarchy. It was like, those were always the terms used on each level. It's not like the trend. No, the changed. trend changed. Oh, okay. No, okay, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like you would graduate to the next. I like that. Though. I like that. No, I, I was Jennifer Kaltenbach in sixth grade and we went around, we goed around with each other. That sounds so like provincial, like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, you're going to take her to the, the, the local general uh, market uh, yeah. and buy a pickle from I'm a barrel for her. or courting her. Yeah. And then Tara Heiselman, in seventh grade, you go with, go and I with. believe Tina Tran 
in eighth grade going out with, even though we didn't go out? Gosh, I do wish it was a hierarchy because I feel like all of those work for like you're advancing. Yeah. First you go around. Yeah. yeah. You're just kind of hanging around a place. Then yeah. with means together. And then out means we'll be seen out in public. Together. Right. Yeah. It should have been that way. Maybe it was because maybe I just didn't know that that was, I was being. It's funny because going along. out like that was from first grade to eighth grade. Really? For you? Yeah, I don't mean for me every year I was going out with well, someone. Yeah, I just no mean one. that was always the term being used. It was sort of like going out, going out. Really? Those I people think are we were out. aware that we don't go out anywhere. Yeah. So it had to be going around. Well, I go definitely with. wasn't this. I mean, this person, uh, I don't even know if we had gone to nine months or broken arrow yet. <laughs> or the big green. What's the big green? Uh, Steven, Steven, Steven Gutenberg. Uh, he coaches a soccer team. The big drawing draw point was the kid from the Sandlot. Is it another movie about sports? Oh, wow. Yeah. What Not a baseball, triple but soccer. header. If, the, if you guys went to out to a, th- a three banger movie. No, it wasn't a, a triple feature. It was three separate occasions. Wow. Um, you guys are serious. I, I think this is maybe six or seven months. And this Matt, was she was my <laughs> crush from mm. third grade, fourth grade. So by my eighth grade, we were going out. Yeah, I was in heaven. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, but like truly so chaste. Um, I think on our last date together, date, when we went to the movie, we held hands during the movie. Oh, steamy. But... We never kissed or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yet I was, uh, not yet. I mean, I could understand how somebody would be smitten. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, not me. Tara Heilsman took me behind the building and taught me what a French kiss was. Look great. Look great. Seventh grade for me, eighth grade for her older lady. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought it was like a soap opera kiss where you just, rather than smooch, you just kind of press your lips together. I didn't know tongues were involved. I think I kind of like accidentally nervously backed her against the wall. Like I don't like I lost control of my feet and she broke up with me the next day. Oh, <laughs> that French kiss. Though, that's funny. I, I had a friend who told me that uh, her mom was uh, tucking her in one night and her mom kissed her. And when they kissed, she gave <laughs> oh, her, no. slipped her mom the tongue oh, no. <laughs> because she thought based from the stuff she watched, you do that when you really care about somebody. Oh, no. And so the mom was like, no, 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 we don't do that. Oh, and it was like, oh, oh, okay. It was like probably when the person first logged on well, to maybe life. Maybe that's was, what Tara was doing. Uh, shout out to these three fine girls who <laughs> deserved better than me. Who well, I'm just, just like... Just trying to stay afloat. I'm flushed because I'm just like so embarrassed that it might... Cringing that it might seem like I was breaking like... Yeah, in eighth grade, I got to date my crush of four years. Oh, wow. It finally came No, out. don't say, oh, wow, because I don't want it to... It's a... Uh, I was trying to frame it as it's not a brag. It's like... It's pathetic I, that it took you that long. Yes. Well, I'm always trying to get to where I think you're going. I don't feel that way. Okay, I think uh, it is no, worth a brag. Thank, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, um, but, uh, 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 oh, oh, so good golly. <laughs> so to get back, when we were talking, when we'd have those phone calls, like at summertime, where I was like, okay, I'm going to hang up. No, you, you know, one time 
we were talking maybe around eight o'clock or something. And I said a joke and she laughed. And then it was like, oh, she's laughing so hard. She's like gasping for breath. Oh no. So I kept like adding more to the <laughs> joke. And then, <laughs> oh my God, she's so quiet. She, cause she's laughing so hard. This is what I'm thinking. If this was live streaming, people could see my face right now. My mouth is wide open. Wide open at this like coming that I make. That I'm like, I can't if she's quiet, heard this it must be because she's laughing and like gasping oh with breath, holding her sides, oh thinking, stop, Paul, stop. Oh my God, you are, you're cracking me up. So I'm like adding more and more. And I probably add like, Three or four more, like and she came back. She's like, "What?" I was like, and "She was like, oh no, I didn't." My uncle came in. He was visiting. He just came in to like say goodbye that he was leaving. I didn't. What, what were you saying? What I thought she was choking or something, or like having an <laughs> asthma attack and dying. Like, and then she like got into vapor lock where she couldn't breathe, and you're just doing bits. What do you oh mean she God. was laughing at her uncle leaving? No, she laughed probably at the thing. I okay, said like yes. very lightly oh, or I even see. politely. Like I was like, you know, oh. uh, and then the bean rolled across the floor, and she's like, yeah. huh. Uncle comes in. Hey, so uh, yeah. good night. I'm gonna head out. Okay, she's like got the phone down. Yeah, while she's talking to her uncle, she probably doesn't even hear my voice coming up. Be like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and then interaction minute and a half later with her uncle. No, about a minute later or whatever. This is like a Greek tragedy. She comes story. back and then I'm like, dear. And she's like, what? <laughs> Wait, you're what are you saying? And I was like. Uh, she's like, I was just saying goodbye to my uncle. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then at that moment, she broke up with me. That was, no, I can't. Oh, no, 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 no. It could have happened. That's I just needed an ending, so I said that instead. What a journey, man. I Well, uh, especially with that long walk. You didn't want to get to a bar that's closed at that point. I had to have the door a little open there. Uh, um, but... Talking uh, about a long walk, hey, an 87-minute movie ain't no long walk oh, with isn't the that strangers. Nice? Isn't that nice? Matt, top of your thoughts? G give me the headlines. Well, I just really quickly, on that live screaming thing, do oh, yeah. shout out Sean Lichtenstein, who's helped me get that ball rolling very, very much. Thank so, you, Sean. Thank you. Yes, the strangers. Uh, man, really scary movie. Mm -hmm. I was talking with Amanda last night as we were watching it. I was going, this is up there with the scariest ones. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? I mean, Black yeah. Christmas was legitimately scary. This one's legitimately scary. Of the ones scary. we've watched Yeah. Together what else would you put in the truly scary category? Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like... Um, Halloween. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Halloween because it feels like it's taking... The Strangers, in a way, takes like the scariest parts of Halloween yeah. and... In a great way, stretches yeah. it out for a movie. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I would put Halloween there. Jaws. Yeah. Alien isn't necessarily hmm. scary for me. It's more. It's a movie that I think is makes my skin crawl rather yeah. than. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing with scary. Shining. A lot of people's complaint with The Shining is that it actually isn't very scary. I disagree. I find yeah. it chilling. Maybe scary isn't the word. It's not. Yeah. But this movie. Is scary, so of course I really liked it. I yeah, I don't. It's See, crazy to know how much I love. I really like this movie, but don't love watching it because it actually does make me really 
uncomfortable. That yeah. those slow takes of her in the closet and the guy just walking around, kind yeah. of looking in. It's really effective. Yeah, and then there's no ironic detachment yes, valve yes. that goes off to right. let you enjoy it, or even kind of like levity valve. Yeah, um, which is fine. I mean, that's like part of the experience. Is like you're not really, but you know, I've watched movies before where I'm like, oh, it's not letting me off the hook. And I'm kind of just suspended in this, like, um, but that a lot of times be because of a, there's a gore level or something. This is like interesting that it's like, you know, she gets her hand slit open and that's a little like, ooh, Mm -hmm. but for the first up until his friend gets shot, the level of and then after that it's not like at the end when they cut outside the house and when they're getting stabbed and you hear them screaming there's just like not it's a it has me on the hook the whole time and it's not even because i'm like grossed out or like i think it's a it's a pretty good movie to is it sympathize with or empathize i think sympathize because none of us have been in this situation hopefully but you can easily put yourself in that maybe that's empathize i never can remember no uh, the point is that it's really easy to put yourself into live tyler's shoes yeah if, and because, that's what's so damn scary yeah so, much so that after you watch a movie like this you often i think most people probably go check their door locks and stuff like that amanda asked me to go check all the doors. It does uh guess because it makes you realize as you're watching it how vulnerable you are in a way yeah. to attack. Like uh that's a a scary, you know, notion. Yeah, the uh, uh the thing you were um uh saying as you're watching oh, when I saw it, I saw it at a um the first time I saw it it was in a multiplex and it had been out for a month. And so I think I was seeing it kind of like, oh, I've heard The Strangers is really good. I want to um, still see, be able to see it. And so I tracked it down um, to the uh, Beverly Center, mm. the multiplex at the Beverly Center. Oh, yeah. And it was one of the only times I'd ever seen a, a movie at the Beverly Center multiplex. And um, because it was so late, it was me and my friend and two people eight rows behind us who came in like five minutes into the movie. And there was this, if you're watching in a house, yeah, it's, you're going like, oh, that's a window, and I just have to look away from my TV screen, and that's a window, so somebody could come through here as much as yeah. in a multiplex I felt so unnerved that those people were like sitting behind us and it made me feel because it was with a girlfriend. So it was like easy to project like, Oh, what if we were in this situation? And then because it's a quiet movie and the multiplexes, uh, I think notoriously in the eighties and stuff had that like paper thin kind of wall. Like we were hearing other movies, but that would be like rattling to us. Cause it just added to like, you heard quantum of solace playing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that came out later this year Never uh, yeah and then the when it ends in daylight and stuff that was really just the ultimate kind of like this movie's 
creeping me out in ways that are so simple. Yeah. Oh, oh, what I was going to say was when you were like, it's easy to project yourself into that situation and sympathize or empathize. Um, I was going to say it's because ever since the age of what, five or six, you start doing that as a kid. Yeah. Everybody does the little like math work of what if somebody came in, what would I do? How would I protect myself? And so when you sit in a movie and you're like, oh, Jesus, this thing is like, it's basically tapping into a reoccurring nightmare, essentially, right. where people are just like, I've thought this so many times. It's just in the back of my head always. And the idea that you could just look out your window and see somebody standing in their driveway looking at you, like, I guess that probably could happen and it would be freaky. And- is this the best home invasion movie? And I, I've never seen Straw Dogs. I'm not interested in watching funny games. Forgive me. I just, I'm yeah. not, it just seems too torturous and dark. Either version. Yes. I've seen Straw Dogs. Um, I've never seen any of the funny games. I've watched people play funny games, you know, like Mousetrap <laughs> yeah. and um, Don't Wake Daddy. Does but, it count as a home invasion movie, Invasion USA with Chuck Norris, even though this is our homeland? Or Red Dawn? I was going to say, I think Red Dawn for that matter. We could do or a, a home invasion that Nicolas season. Cage, Oliver Stone movie, World Trade Center. <laughs> Ultimate home invasion. But there's also... There are, it's, I mean, there's uh, Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn, right? Yes. There's Hush, there's Knock Knock, there's Home Alone, there's Skyfall. There's a lot of very uh, new one that on recently this. came out, Knock at the Door. Yes. Um, there's, yeah, there are uh, uh, a lot. And so I guess um trying to think if this is, oh, there was one. Did you just say a hush or something? Yeah. With Stephen Lang. Isn't that that one? Yeah. I'm trying to think of one where it's just a woman at home by herself and there's somebody outside. Just Yeah. That's, that's hush. No. What's the one with Stephen Lang where he's de- deaf? Oh, um, it's awesome. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's like, Loud now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something like Hush, right? It's something. <laughs> yes. But when I saw uh, the one of the, that one where the girl is all alone the whole time might be my, because it's so bare. Yeah. It's just like one and one. Um, and I've seen that and I can't even remember it. That's horrible. I might be misremembering it too. But if uh, I remember it correctly too, it doesn't ever... Um, bop out of the into flashback or anything. Yeah, that's the with the strangers. I have like I think it's kind of nearly perfect, but there are like a couple of things I wish it didn't do, like the flashback to the wedding. Oh, really? Yeah, like I I thought it was doing a pretty good job mm-hmm. of letting our imagination piece together what was happening. Yeah, and, and later, you know, they do cool moves later in the movie where. He's like, um, she mentions that it's his dad's place. You're like, wow, this whole time I didn't. Right. I just thought it was a place they were renting or he knew, but to get the specific. And then when she says that, he says, Kristen. I'm like, oh, it's her name. Like they do all that cool thriller stuff that a movie can do, which is like, 
I don't have to dole out any information to you until it becomes interesting. Yeah, there's no attempted exposition for exposition's sake. And maybe the flashback is a bit of that. That's why I feel it, because I'm like, oh, they do such clever ways of us understanding what's going on. Now, look, maybe they're just trying to get away around the thing of the guy coming home and putting down an engagement ring by itself i could see that being like a real eye-rolling cliche and so they're just like maybe but but if you didn't have that flashback you wouldn't see an otherwise likable guy propose at a wedding which is a is a horrible way to propose you oh god well and to your point you also wouldn't see them in love before the and that that does add a lot so i just wish again there was a way that you would have seen like what they're in love meant but Starting off where they're like post fight, but yes, to go back, I've heard tale before of fellas who propose at weddings. Dads, don't. What are you doing? No, you're nuts. You're nuts. It's that's probably why she said no. We didn't really find out why she said no, and it was probably like, what? You just run out and get the wedding during the beef course. Because you got inspired by the wedding, why not plan something separate? It is so, and I'm sorry for anybody's listening to this who's proposed at a wedding, and probably the person said yes, and it was great, and I'm talking on my ass, but... I proposed at my own wedding to Amanda. <laughs> I just com- collapsed both into the same. Uh, I guess when you say, will you take me in sickness and health, that is sort of a proposal. Mental illness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so mentally ill, I will propose at someone else's wedding. Uh, the Yeah, because that was... Uh, uh, it's such a boneheaded move because if you take a step back, you go, in what retelling of this story does this partner want to be like, on this other person's very special day, I had my special day shared with it. And wait till you tell the couple that got married, oh, by the way, we used your wedding to propose. Yes, yes. And if I was the partner getting proposed to, I would think it kind of smacks of, especially if a ring wasn't involved. Yeah. She's just caught up in the moment, dude. I think that's what she was worried about. Also, I'd be saying, you're proposing at a wedding. I specifically told you I want a flash mob proposal. (laughs) Lip. Choreographed dancing. Uh Uh-huh. She's like, hey, come on. It's 2005. It has YouTube to be put on YouTube. YouTube is just starting, and we, we can make a name for ourselves. We can't have a flash That's mob really wedding funny. without a flash mob proposal. Oh, my God. If there was anything that makes me want to pour bleach in my eyes more, it's the <laughs> flash mob choreographed da- dance but wedding You know proposal. what the worst is that? Now we have a lot of retrospect on that. Even it was happening, I wasn't in danger of doing a flash mob proposal. But will you admit this as well? There was a part of you that's like, mm-hmm, how would I do it if I did? <laughs> then you're a better man <laughs> than me. Then you're a better man than me. I, I wish I could be there. I with would you have never done it, but I did think like I love if you I were for saying it, that. That it's you disgusting, share that part. It? No, no, no. That's a good. Luckily, thing to share. I was in no shape to get married at that time, and that's probably why. Uh, the same way that this guy was refused by Kristen because she knew that the man that makes a judgment of proposing at a wedding is not the husband for me, unless we go through home invasion trauma. Yeah. So I think that's a good question to ask though. Do you think that's why she said no? It was just sort of like wrong place, wrong time. Mm, I think she also said she just wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a cool way to start 
a couple yeah. in a home invasion. It's pretty movie. gripping, and it's not even the horror yet. Well, and the fact that like you by the end when they start hooking up again, mm-hmm. by the end of the proposal, you mean? Uh, no, no, when they get back to the cabin, and now they're starting to warm up to each other again, and oh, yeah. it seems like they're going to have sex. Yeah, and then that gets interrupted. It's I was just like, oh, so genius because. Hey, a couple coming back from a wedding mm-hmm. to hook up. That could have been the beginning. Yeah. They got back from the wedding. They're both kind of drunk and they start hooking up and there's a knock on the door. To have the experience of, I really want these two very photogenic, charismatic actors on screen to f- get their shit together and work things out. They're just about to. And then yeah. it gets halted is uh, just... Is such a different position to be in than a myriad of other choices that it's could have just been made. Great on a few levels because not only do you for you first you're kind of invested in them, but when all the trauma happens, you just want them to survive, and then you want them to. to you think if they survive, they'll probably be together because they've gone through this. Mm. But mm-hmm. you're also in the back of your mind this whole movie, even though I've seen this movie before, going. Oh, wait, is he in on it? Yeah, because there's gaps where he yeah. disappears. And definitely, I think the movie is trying to, in Until, the first experience, yeah. get you guessing a, a bit. Until because... he shoots his friend and or gets uh, tackled by the man in the mask himself. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. That's when people would start uh, going. Right. Um, but no, uh, the... Well, and I guess it could stand to reason that that would happen because what's, um, the, I, the, I'm not saying this is true. It's just a, uh, uh, a little nugget you hear, which is like, Oh, the, uh, a man's biggest fear is to be humiliated and laughed at, mm-hmm. um, by their loved one. And, uh, um, I was just thinking like, so, you know, the, the idea of like, oh, he could have been feeling rejected and now is doing some sort of mind game thing is like, I think the way your mind could make sense of if it was him. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I was thinking just like that, putting two people in that is, uh, at the beginning of a movie is like so wild because, and great, but really not. Uh, sort of an unconventional thing that the you see the guy being at humiliated, so he's not like potent. That's not like what you're right. Usually, a movie is just he's yeah slightly. You see them do their first job really well, so you're like, oh, Judge Dredd is the man, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right, and Bob, James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. And this, and then he can't like load the gun and he didn't really go hunting with his dad. There's all these like little cool touches, but to start him off kind of like maybe the furthest you want from your, like seeing somebody kind of like humiliated, embarrassed. Um, And then for her, because they don't give much, thankfully they don't give much exposition of why she said no. Um, it'd be easy to frame her as, um, I mean, the, the biggest attack would be this person is autonomous. This, my partner is autonomous. I was proposing to, you know, old school brain, 
for her to be my property and I mm. possess her. And so the idea that somebody's like autonomous and saying no, but also kind of like would seem that could be seemingly like a uncaregiving thing to do. Like, oh, the woman's not a caregiver. She's right. she's stating her autonomy. That could so go like that is such a thing to throw in the face of an audience. It's amazing that like I don't know if it's just because the two of them are like very attractive. <laughs> You're like, you stay compelled by them. I'm just like, it's amazing that those actors have like that going against their performances. Yeah, that's a really good point. And yet they both kind of get to show the flip side of that where she's often calling for him, waiting for him, following right. his orders. And he does take the lead. So you see both sides. And the one time he really takes the lead, it fucks him over, yeah. which is always, I've seen this movie yeah, three times. And every time when he shoots his friend, it's yeah. a really, that's the, um, a, the brutal, uh, like, a. for me, it's the movie being like, uh, Oh, this, ex the movie's going to be a continuation of like, it's just getting worse. It's not getting yeah. better. It's That's it's when I gave dark. up hope that it's not going to get better. No, I know. It's dark. And that's when I did turn to a man and said, I don't enjoy this part because it, it does go from a horror movie to a kind of trauma movie. Tragedy. Yeah. yeah like tragedy. seeing somebody like cry over their friend who they killed. Yeah. Is, yeah and like I said, it's so genre movie. Yeah. But not 100% rewatchable for me. Mm -hmm. And it's a credit to the movie because mm -hmm. the movie's really good. But mm -hmm. less and less as I age, do I want to see movies that deal with that kind of thing that realistically de depict murder victims? Yeah. Know, well, just... and, and uh, after it kind of pulls that string of the, um, I guess I'm doing the right podcast. Well, the, the, <laughs> the Richard Farnsworth Scatman Crothers, yeah, yeah. uh, misery shining thing right. of like, the person you probably like the most is coming back and you're like, they're going to do it. They're going to save the day. And then they don't. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know with the strangers, if this guy was like the one you liked the most. No, we like, don't. Yeah. We also don't know anything about him other than who the actor is, you know? Yes. The actor being from, uh, uh, it's always sunny. Yes. Yeah. Glenn Howerton. Um, yeah. What a fun, uh, surprise. And I do think, you know, we talked about in the final destination movies, how, whatever bespoke clothing they it was kind of on the i feel like in now 2007 we're, it looks like our time period but i do see 15 years in there yeah yeah i uh, know same like With haircuts and stuff too mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. it's just always a now a nice little thing to see evolve like yeah. a, <laughs> oh that is definitely 2008 yeah, yeah. what let's well, getting into the movie yes What's up with the narrative voiceover for the title cards in the beginning? Are they trying to do like a Dateline kind of thing? Just the tone of that voice was so odd to me and so unnecessary. So, yeah, I think it's a, a, a Texas Chainsaw thing. Because uh, uh, John Larroquette, um, before he was Dan Fielding on Night Court, he's, he does the voice. I didn't know that. Yeah, at the beginning of Texas Chainsaw, that like, I'm just blah, blah, blah. Wow. And four men went into the Los Angeles underground for a crime they didn't commit. <laughs> What's that? If you can find them, maybe you can hire the A team. 
Did you ever hope that this was maybe going to be the A team meets the strangers? Yeah, it seems like it's a kind of like the Fargo trick of it makes you believe more. The voice just took me out of it. Yeah, the it vo- just was so cheesy. Yeah, it's a little too Dateline, you're right. Yeah, I would have loved just the title card, although that wasn't even necessary, to be honest. Yeah, it's all trying to get you to believe that this really happened. I like, wonder if it was a this, studio thing. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I hate, hate the marketing campaign of any movie that's based on a true yeah. thing. I always go, who the fuck cares I don't... Well, especially in this case, because when you find out what the based on is... Yeah, and it's sort of... Right, it was based... The director, when he was a kid, was at home with just his sister. Someone knocked at the door and asked for someone that didn't live there. They said that they didn't live there, which you've seen and you see in this Uh movie. And then they found out the next morning that there were break-ins throughout the neighborhood. So these were the people checking to see if anybody was home. I get it. Yes, it is based on that. That's the jumping off point. But this is not based on that. Right. The opening narration is like, one night, a little boy yeah, uh, <laughs> and his sister were in their house. And there was a knock on the door. And they asked if somebody was there. They were like, uh, yeah, it's a, I guess for an audience member, and it probably gave me some different eyes when I first started watching it being like oh this happened okay this is it but like um this reason I say like I don't give a fuck it's just like I people go to movies to see stories what does it matter if something because it makes you believe it really happened more and then in that case, it's like, well, you're a sucker because they're never no. fully based. It's the same way that somebody's like, that documentary was a little biased. It's like from the get go, when something gets built that isn't the original thing, it's not going to be truly. Oh, uh, I well, it. in this case, especially because like <laughs> I was saying, it's based off that jumping off point. What's remarkable about this story is these three characters who come in and do this home invasion with these masks and why, yeah. why they do it and what they do, which is not part of the based on the original story. Right, right, so right, it right. should stay like... Ju- I like it as an artistic off, sparked choice. By, sparked by a true story. I but. think it's cool and creative if somebody says, hey, this was based on a true story and it wasn't. It's the like affect the response the audience has from it that annoys me. That's what makes me feel like this in the title card or at least the voiceover is a studio thing because the way that this unfolded was the director did a director's cut that was about a hundred minutes and it has way more to the ending when the strangers take off their masks, you see their faces and they have a bit of a back and forth discussion about what they're going to do. So the studio cut that down to what you see now, but they told him the director that he could release a director's cut, which never happened, even though they released a cut with more footage, but it isn't his. Hmm. And in that you learn that pinup girl is new to this trio. That's why even in this version, you see her walk away before they stab Mm -hmm. the two, but apparently she has tears and they have to, and even the man in the mask is reluctant to do the killings, but mm. Dollface, the blonde-headed girl, mm. is the ringleader in this, and she's the one kind of pulling the strings is what you learn. But maybe it, it was a case of too much 
information, not enough mystery, which I think it's more probably more effective the way it is now. Yeah, I mean, when I read Brantley's notes before the watching it this time and finding out that that was the case, the ending, which I never knew, uh, I did notice it's off screen when Liv Tyler says, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, they could have ADR'd their master on their face. So they could have used right, any footage. She wasn't saying that at all at that and, point. And they do it when they finally present them in that little, like, um, what's that called? When you... Um, a, a tableau? A tableau of the three standing there. It's like, okay, this image is so powerful. We can... Because in a previous scene, she asked, why are you doing this? Right. And it goes unanswered. So it... It's kind of, like, so I imagine in those scenes there was probably in the script originally, uh, why are we doing this explanation yeah. and how they were talking about it. That just, they had to, be, but I mean, because you were here is like the most amazing answer to that yeah. question. But, um, when the other thing that, when I heard that about that ending, about how it was cut down, I was like, watching it again, when it first ended, I remember thinking, Oh, that ending ended kind of at a clip compared yeah. to the rest of the movie, which was this slow burn. But I remember admiring it because I was like, it kind of spit me out of the movie mm. more unnerved mm. because I was kind of like, oh, I didn't really get the full answer. When they were stabbed, it was off screen and I just heard their screams outside the house. So I have to kind of imagine what was happening there and then it kind of ends on whatever the like return to the beginning and then it ended I remember being like oh because that daylight stuff was just like 10-15 minutes it really shook me more than if it had been around for 30 more minutes yeah, or something so I guess they wanted to reshoot the ending for this version to make it this version but didn't have the money it was like a 10 million dollar movie and so they just <laughs> cobbled it together with the edit didn't I I, I, I feel like a few episodes ago I said It'd be scary to see a movie end in like daylight after a long oh, night yeah. or something like that. That's so right. it was the strangers <laughs> yeah. that did it. <laughs> wow. Asking ye shall receive. Yeah. Um, I love the first shot of the little missionary kids shot through the window, almost framed like a heart. Yeah. And it comes back to it at the end. What do you think? So are they Mormon? I noticed their pamphlet said Christian living. Yeah, up. but they're credited as Mormon boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now... Is this Sunday morning? Oh, good question. A wedding probably would be on a Saturday night, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So I think it's a little weird that these kids just aren't taking a day of rest and going to church that day. How does that work for Mormon missionaries? I wonder if it is maybe different. Maybe yeah. you, it's like seven days a week you go and you... But put sweet your time gig, in. depending on how you look at it. For get, oh, to get definitely. To do a, a domestic Mormon missionary you know and it's great for all parties because the people um those little kids i'm sure they love doing it you could see it on their faces yeah and then and then for the people who answer the door it's like one of the great experiences is being able to welcome somebody into your home and I, i was converted to mormonism the first time missionaries came to my door but then what i loved is that the next time some came i did it all over again i wanted to relive it and then you built like a revolving door yeah, they would come back in, and, and just then Jehovah's Witness to... would come, and I would convert to that. And then Amway, and then I bought some re- Christmas wreaths from the Boy Scouts. <laughs> do do you uh, still get Girl Scout cookies? Yeah, I try not to eat 
even when I'm like trying to be healthy, I still can't help. But especially if it's like the neighbor girls or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely buy those. And we do buy wreaths from the Boy Scouts. (laughs) Wreaths. Yeah. Tough. (laughs) Tough for the Boy Scouts. I know. Because not everybody likes Christmas. Right. Uh, Everybody, I would say everybody loves a cookie. Yeah. Why don't they think of something more akin to that? Like more secular soda pop. Non-secular. Yeah. No, just something that everybody loves. Chewing gum. Yes. Soda pop. Video games. Oh, th- that boys do too. Yeah. Yeah. Cap guns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slingshots made of wood. <laughs> a stick. Um, stick balls. Go-kart racers. Speed soapbox racers. You know, and- the uh, opening narration, the one thing before that, that uh, w- w- were the logo locos I wanted to yeah. talk about for um, Rogue Pictures. Yeah. And intrepid pictures um the best one of these is the saw movies they have a their logo is called twisted pictures and it's like a screw with like barbed wire around it getting like twisted and it's such a funny like Uh. kid coming to school talking about how awesome his sleepover is going to be that night. Oh. Like, guys, we are going to have so much fun. This movie is rogue. <laughs> but like, <laughs> to have to like front about your credentials. Yeah, I know. Because Rogue Pictures for me was the one that was um, the couple that goes backpacking with another couple. Steve's on. Oh, that movie, yeah. A Perfect Weekend or something. That was my first taste of rogue pictures. And I thought it was really cool that they're calling themselves the thing that they make. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Blumhouse even has the taste to just be like, we're not going to necessarily, you know, call it Bones Pictures. Uh, badass Fright Fests Pictures. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, the narration, and then February 11th, 2005. Oh, near Valentine's Day. Mm. Maybe she was like, just wait three days, dude. <sighs> Boy, yeah, you chose to not do it on Valentine's Day for doing it at a wedding. I think both of those are bad options. Classy move of that couple that it's a Valentine's Day wedding that's not on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't know if that's I true. Suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. Huh. It's a hell of a cold opening, though. Yeah. Oh, and the argument before or after a wedding yeah. is as time-honored as the kid who's thinking about, what would I do if somebody comes into my house, right? right? It's right. like, There's something next to for- Ikea, it's the most like triggering thing for a couple. <laughs> That's funny. Is that a big thing, an Ikea argument? Just because Amanda and I, whenever we go shopping for things like that, tends to boost our relationship oh that's sweet we, we have our uh, tanglements otherwise you know other stores could do it to us i'm sure but well amy poehler had that really funny line that ikea is swedish for argument uh, uh that so people would go there aware of that. that's funny. or danish or whatever what's the uh yeah but um swedish i think yeah uh but yeah the um for my wife and i it's not after the wedding which I think is, if you're going to have an argument, it's darker to have it after the wedding, yeah. after the ceremony, not before. Yeah. Our arguments are like, before the wedding are, we're running late because of both of our shit, you know. And the p- tension and pressure of not wanting to be, not 
be there on time for somebody else's special day can really spin somebody yeah. out. Yeah. Leslie and I both. And then I don't know what it is. It's some the idea of you're going to celebrate somebody else's getting to relationship. A is stressful. It really is. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. But it shines a light kind of weirdly. Like I think about how many people when the couple is like opening up their hearts at a wedding ceremony, how many people are in a position of going like, God, we just fought. Oh yeah. I'm having to see this now in light of the yeah. art. Yeah. Uh, and if you're running late or it's hot. It's often hot at weddings here yes. in California. People, oh, it's the ultimate nightmare version of going to the party. You know, the anxiety of going yeah. to the party where you're like, oh, yeah. who am I going to see? How do I feel? How do I look? Or the worst is if you're the plus one and you really don't know anybody at all. Well, that's my favorite kind of wedding setup to go to is uh, the plus one to the person who's even sort of tangentially related that, to that I, wedding. Yeah, that I can do. Because I, I can just everybody. float. I don't really have to have any yeah. conversations at any point. I'm not um, yeah. fearful that somebody might fuck up at the wedding and I have to feel for this person I care about. It's right. kind of like if something, a, a drunken bad speech happens, like, fuck, bring it on. I'm yeah. never going to see this loser again. <laughs> <laughs> but what what was the worst... Um, it doesn't have to be in terms of your own romances or somebody's own romances at a wedding. Just like bad. Well, it's hard to talk about it. You don't want somebody here and be like, oh, that was what do you, what my you, wedding was Matt's worst wedding. Oh, right. Moment. Mm, I'm trying to think if we. Mm. I will I say if we've had a bad. It's actually wedding. what's really nice. I think about if if. It's not every time. It's probably like one out of five times on a way to a wedding. Leslie and I have an argument or something, but yeah. it's actually really nice that when you get to the wedding, you yeah. set stuff aside and at the reception, you have a really great time and you kind of laugh at like yeah. the silliness of the argument and being like, oh, right, we're here. Right. These people got married. They joined the club like we did. We're all in this together. It's awesome. Is it a special thing. And now I hope we don't go to a home to a house of strangers. I guess that's the other side is when you come back to the house and uh, you got pinup girl there next to yeah. lady face and guy in the mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what do you think about these looks? Because at, this is 2008 and we're getting to the point where most of the looks have been taken. Mm, so mm -hmm. you kind of getting, you're scrounging the bottom of the barrel for killer mask looks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that sense, I give them props for what they came up with. But I'm still feeling like it wasn't prime pickings. Everything's been picked through a little too much. Yeah, I love the format of the plastic molded face thing. And that seems kind of new to me that like what that was doing. Me too. Um, but don't you feel like you want the guy to be in one of those two? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. It's like weird that he doesn't have one. So my, I want that itch scratch so what yeah like what would that be like the superman one i had when i was a kid and i wore the plastic smock of the superman oh, fighting somebody on the smock yeah kind of that's like what they remind me of those right they'd have to be so careful when they're running around because i know they had the most gentle rubber band <laughs> keeping it all together <laughs> just like those yeah those ben cooper masks <laughs> yeah for, or if it was just a uh, like 50s looking guy that would be pretty scary yeah yeah, one yes. of those plastic masks. Oh, like a um, 
Yeah, like if you had a policeman mask, yeah, fireman like, mask. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Or like Rex Morgan, MD, or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Reed Richards from Fantastic Four, but without the costume, it would just be this man with graying temples and that That's kind of awesome. white, just plaster white smile. What would be good about that is because I think it would also kind of finish the whatever the tableau that it's like a family the same yeah. that like the same thing that manson family quote unquote and right, um, right. The, a family in um texas chainsaw massacre right. like this idea of like your my brain the first time i watched it was kind of going who's mommy who's daddy who's the kid but my brain kind of lands like it seems more like this guy is like it's like a throuple yeah i think the first time i watched it i for some reason didn't connect that they're kind of a cult that's sort of the insinuation this time it worked a lot better for me in that mm-hmm. sense where you do feel like it's a manson like cult and, yeah and in a way i appreciate that they kind of their masks are random but two of them seem in league so it makes the third one seem out of line so it feels like it should have been all or nothing mm-hmm. um and they they yes um it's a little like yeah one is not like the other uh but i think the um way it can be like lit and silhouetted. So it sort of looks like a person's face at times. And if it's in the shadow enough, you don't notice it's a mask. Like, um, that's kind of like, um, proto, um, uh, what was no time to die. Right. Or, uh, that little house on the prairie. That was proto proto. Uh, Michael Landon, whose son is a really amazing horror film director who did like, uh, happy death day. Oh, and freaky. Uh, he's the son of Michael Landon. Michael Landon, I think, loved horror movies, so he just did a flat-out Little House on the Prairie horror episode once. That's terrifying. Really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta watch that. Um, and so, uh, but it's all like, whatever that um, porcelain mask look yeah, thing the, is. The yeah. Japanese no masks. Like. Yeah, these are plastic yeah. in, in uh, uh, The Strangers. But yeah, um, finding out that it's funny, I br- bring my patriarchal baggage because I just uh, imagine he's the Charlie Manson ringleader of this. And yeah. then so getting Brantley's notes, that it, that's not necessarily quite the case. Um, did So when you first watched it, you thought maybe they're under the thumb of somebody else who's not even there? No, for some reason I wasn't connecting it in my head, so it felt weaker to me that these just felt like stock horror stalkers. That I, uh, I think that was on me because I wasn't, Mm-hmm. Although I really liked it the first time I saw it. I only mm-hmm. saw it for the first time a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know why. I think it was also the way they were dressed just felt a little too nice and contemporary. So I just felt like they could come from the mall or something. <laughs> I wanted it to be a little bit more viscerally cultish or, or alien or something. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, did you see Knock at the Door? No. Uh, I really liked it. I would say it's probably um, was my favorite... M. Night Shyamalan uh, movie. Oh, Knock at the Cabin? Knock at the Cabin. Oh, yeah. Fuck, uh, what's no, Knock at the Door? No, I want to watch that. Uh, you're not thinking of Knock well, Knock? Hmm. The Keanu Reeves hmm. on a day. I mean, it, when I was saying Knock at the Door, just know I was saying Knock at the... It's called Knock at the Cabin? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I remember never saying the title right when I saw it in theaters. People going like, is that the movie? So I'm like, I think... Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because... I always like a good kind of pulpy weekend movie for us to watch. And even though we didn't like old, we enjoyed watching it. Yeah. So like maybe this Friday. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's better on. than a, um, 
or not better than it, it, it's what I've most liked of his since signs. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, but I've heard the, pretty good things about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I've heard people who taste I admire with reasons for why it didn't work for them. And I hear it. Um, I really like, um, Andrew or, uh, um, Groff, Jonathan, oh, Groff. Jonathan Groff too. I mean, tell me about it. That guy's amazing in the frozen movies. <laughs> I, did I tell you I got to see him live a uh, little shop of horse? No, really? Seymour? Yeah. He's a talented When I learned during that frozen song that Christoph does. And that's kind of like a Bohemian Rhapsody ripoff. Uh-huh. He does 17 background. himself. Yeah. Very talented. And, uh, yeah, I love his character, his performance in Mindhunter yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but so that makes a big component of why I like the movie. I like all the actors and stuff. And Dave Bautista is good. I look oh, great. great. I like when I saw him on screen, I was like, this guy is the best, uh, uh, big guy Heavy actor weight. I've ever yeah. seen. Oh, great. Truly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, my point is what we were just talking about their look and I won't spoil anything. I did think there's a movie to be made about people who look scary making a convincing case to the people they home invade and meaning why they're doing it like yeah 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 like seeing these and you know this from the poster the people look like normal people at knock oh, at the cabin oh you're talking about knock at the cabin yes, yeah yeah yes, yeah sorry sorry but yes. in line with what you were saying right. that like you know that they're dressed like normal people yeah but when you watch the movie just think like oh how it would actually maybe be a more interesting movie if they were being pressed to think about things and it was coming from somebody who you initially thought was a dirtbag, a Manson family yeah. dirtbag. I know like, what they are, the people that come in. I see, I see. Yeah. I mean, whatever that <laughs> twist was, was stupid. Is that the, that's not the big twist, right? I think. Really? Do I, How did that get spoiled to me so easily? <laughs> I mean, it, they don't reveal that till the end. Wait. So now people, well, you're yeah. listening right now. I want to be thoughtful to them. Yeah, no, I know. Um, well, let's take a pee break. Well, let's take a pee break and we'll talk about it. Okay. okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> With and rest. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. With Okay, we're back. We got it sorted out. 
yes. And uh, it involved a fist fight. <laughs> Her first sort of tussle. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, but now we're buddies. I just. That's did. the thing about bras. We can go out and just, you know, punch each other a couple times before we come back. And now we got a wedding to go to. Uh, uh, a, a vulnerable thing I can share uh, when they come back to the ha- the beginning there's rose petals and stuff yeah. it's not that bad uh, <laughs> don't think I would put rose petals out but my experience <laughs> with that is um, in college if I went out on a first date I would clean up my dorm room uh, because oh if somebody comes back I don't want to even just to hang out or yeah. whatever to, uh, sure. I, I don't want to have a messy dorm room but uh Invariably, I would just come back home by myself and the double punch of your brain first sees that it's clean and it's like, oh, whoa, that looks different. Everything's looking nice. And then the punch of like, because you had expectations. But hey, then you're sitting in a clean dorm room. The silver lining there, Paul, that was an amazing snap. That's a that's a really good snap. What do you think about this? <laughs> I do perfect armpit fart. You sure do. Also. And that was like you you didn't even hesitate. If you like these snaps, check this out. So kind of you. After I tell you a sad See, story about this, college, you like pick be, me up by like be like, dude, you snap well. I'm like, do I? I'll show you. This would be what live streaming is made for. Whoa, you're just like doing the full curly Three Stooges kind of... Back and forth, front to side. Man, That would be... You've just for... been sitting on those talents for how many Ugh. years? We've been doing this for like four <laughs> years now. Five, almost five. We did this first in 2018. Is that right? We started... Yeah. I remember Halloween 2018, but was that... We had just started the pod and we went and saw that? Or was it like... Well, when did we do the Friday the 13th? Yeah. We started at least, we're coming up on five years. Wow. wow. Hey, hey. Um, Crazy. Speaking of five years, we'll get we'll talk about all about it in the Shining season. But having a five and a half year old daughter and knowing that he was like five when he was shooting the Shining, the little boy. Oh, yeah. Is real yeah, wild, dude. That's crazy. Both on a performance level, getting a performance from a kid that age, but also just being like that. I don't mean to be like that would f up a kid. I'm just like that is a wild experience for yeah, a kid. No kidding. Um, and I was this close to getting that part. <laughs> I could have been. He and I are a year apart, and we you, look. I looked just like that kid. And I actually think she, he reminds me of my daughter. Some both the man and I. We watched The Shining last week, and. uh we're both reminded by. She has a twinkle in her eye. I keep trying to get her to say "ran, ran, ran, ran," but she won't do it. And she'll say every other thing. I mean, <laughs> she probably has better judgment than to be her daddy's little show puppet. <laughs> Maybe you can um, ask her uh, what her what color is Elmo, and what does Daddy often drink? <laughs> Second only to bourbon and what gin. What color is almost friend? What does Daddy often drink? I have a new category to add to the uh, children's drawings, picket signs, glasses not full of liquid, not saying goodbye in a movie. I love it. Let's hear it. It's 
Ice cream out of the freezer in movies is always melted. It's never stiff and hard. Like when you, in real life, when you pull ice cream out of the freezer, it's, particularly if it's this peel off the top yes. and doing the first scoop, because yeah. then you're really, you're right. And it is always so soft to a degree where it's like, dude, get that freezer looked at because yeah. it's broken. Exactly. Everything in there, I don't even want to look at your steaks. Exactly. They're probably soft like mush. That's right. Uh, I also thought it was funny that like, yeah, the breakup cliche of like eating a ton of ice cream. Um, usually you don't do that in front of the ex. <laughs> <laughs> At very least he was in sound distance of her and he would have been like <laughs> amping it up so she'd hear him. Oh, do you know what this little piggy does every night now, Gorley? What? I get uh, Ben and Jerry's <sighs> chocolate therapy. I scoop three good scoops out of that. I put it in a blender. What am I doing, Matt? No. Then I get some scoops of peanut butter. Blink. Then I grab a couple chips ahoy. Oh then I get the Hershey's chocolate syrup. Squirt. Pour some wa- uh, water. Milk. <laughs> Pour some milk in there. <laughs> Blend it. Oh. Then I just have this big chocolatey shake. I'm in so a mug jealous. How I- do you sleep? I would drink that and get restless legs and be amped up and not be able to sleep because of the sugar. I can't eat, um, you know, Sour Patch Kids and Starburst and stuff. I have like such vivid anxiety dreams. So I can't do that stuff, but I can do like chocolatey stuff. I'm so jealous. That's wonderful. What do you do? What are your late night stacks that you can do? I just kind of can't now. I, uh, at a certain point, if I eat sugar, it amps me up too much and I can't sleep. So on the weekends, I'll, I'll have cocktails and a couple cocktails maybe mm-hmm. friday and saturday night mm-hmm. but that, that's about it you know maybe like a chocolate covered honeycomb or an almond roca or something mm-hmm. like that but nice. yeah i can't you know occasionally i'll have like a some ice cream and just tough it out or take like yeah. a tylenol pm to counteract it i mm-hmm. just hate my mind and my body fights me at every turn and won't let me sleep and won't let me rest and it's just i really really miss times like that too but ugh, yeah yeah um, yeah, well, definitely it's not worth the trade off, right? To be like, sometimes it is. And so I don't want to not live my life. So sometimes I'll just go, well, I'm going to enjoy it tonight. And like I said, I'll usually then take like a Tylenol PM or something mm-hmm. that counteracts it. But I just, I remember one time when I was in my late twenties by myself and I was high and fell asleep and then woke up in the middle of the night and poured a giant bowl of Fruity Pebbles and just ate it in the middle of the night and didn't think twice and just went right back. And then you were able to go. (laughs) Yeah. I did have Fruity Pebbles for my 50th birthday. (gasps) Yeah. And unfrosted buttered strawberry to Pop-Tarts, which is a delicacy I love. Oh my gosh. That's delicious. That's great. That's great. Uh, God, I love Fruity Pebbles. I might, I didn't like pop tarts, but I love the generic pop tarts because they oh, were yeah. breadier. Yeah, um, called toastums. Yeah, I remember those. Toastums were yeah my fave. Toastums were good. We started getting those for a while too because I think they were cheaper. And speaking of dorm rooms, they were good because it was something hot you could have. Yeah. You could have a toaster. Yeah, yeah. I know. We always had pop tarts. And just on having hand. food that's warm can really just psychologically make a big difference when you're when you come home from a date and your dorm's all clean. And you yeah, but then I do all snapping. my cool snaps, <laughs> and I feel much better. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, Oh, I'm so glad. You know, I told you I didn't really like that wedding flashback scene, but it was saved by the fact that we didn't have to see maybe my least favorite thing, not in a movie, in life. The group of guy photos oh, yeah. of the guys all wearing their tuxes or suits with their like jackets off. And it's like, bro. Wearing Converse or barefoot. Yeah. Do you notice that when they came home and were having their discussion... They show his knuckles and his knuckles are all bloody. Like he'd hit hit oh. something on the way home out of rage or something like that. Whoa. A little, yeah. A little backstory. Or he was playing bloody knuckles. Do you remember that game? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was playing quarters and then had to do bloody knuckles as a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like, oh, right. He was like angry and he yeah. punched something in r- rage. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, Scott Speedman. That's what yeah. it is. Um, the uh, I the little um, scary unscrewed light bulb trick. Yeah. Yikes! Michael does that in H two O. Michael mm. does that in H two O. Our but, our light bulb was fritzing during this movie ooh. in the lounge, and we could see it, and it was going. It did feel like, and I I was like Amanda, what? Do you see that? And she was like, No, don't joke. Are you serious or what? You know, she got really scared by it. I once heard a noise and looked down and saw somebody like rustling at our gate once. A little scary. What did, could you tell? They wanted in? I think they were trying to see if they could open it and grab something and, <sighs> and then take a look around to see if there was a... Uh, but then going and checking the video and seeing the person go and check and walk away, I was like... Yeah. Um, and then when my sister was in high school, she had a basement bedroom where the... The ground was when you opened up her window in her bedroom, it was the ground, like not the ground in front of you. It's like the bottom of the window is yeah the surface. And then, but she once uh, was getting ready for the night and she pulled up her blind and just saw two legs there. Oh, my dad went outside of the house, and tried to chase, find the guy, was chasing around, oh couldn't my find God. him. Ooh, spooky. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of. I'm I'm often that person yeah, on the other side, like going into people's right. houses and yeah, just because I don't want to be. Who wants to be the victim? Right, I figure that um, the way things would kind of shake out karma wise, if I'm the person doing it, then it just won't happen to me. Yeah, the law of number. I guess it's anti karma. Well, in a way, the more you're stalking someone, the less time you have to be stalked. <laughs> You know, Todd Glass uh, had a really funny joke. Best about, defense is, yes. a, is a good offense. Yeah. About uh, if you believe in karma, then uh, if you go to a supermarket and see a guy like pull a can and a bunch of all cans fall down on the guy, you know, fall for the guy, you, instead of feeling bad for him, you go like, God, what fucked up thing did that guy do yeah. to deserve yeah. that? <laughs> Same with uh, the two leads in this movie. Must have been horrible in their prior lives. Yeah. my What I think they did was... I think they were talking during the vows. Oh, maybe. Punishment by death. Uh, if you do that at my way. Like, yeah, 
coming at you quick. Uh, did you notice the person who came at the door said, is Tamara here? Yeah. Um, do you think that was um, a name the three of them decided on? Um, do you think that person, that was a little bit of improv they got to bring the name? Tamara is a... It's a choice. It's an older generation name. You don't get it as much anymore. I know that in the notes, the director would tell Liv Tyler, like, there's going to be a scary sound over here, but then he would do it in a different place to kind of keep her on her toes and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe she was expecting Sheila, and then when this girl says Tamara, <laughs> the look on Liv Tyler's face is very real. I mean, they, they mention it in the, or Brantley mentioned it in the notes that Liv Tyler was like, Oh, I thought uh, having to cry a lot and be scared was going to be the taxing thing. And she was like, oh, it was the being out in the cold. Yeah. She didn't even say in the cold, but I'm watching those scenes where she's like crawling through the dirt at night. I'm like, that's probably so cold, so uncomfortable. And I know they're completely different gears of acting, but it is really crazy that like some of the hardest physical acting is in movies that are just the furthest from award contenders. Oh yeah. Right. That just rarely lines yeah. up where it's like, there should be a physical endurance. The only thing is like if somebody weight. lost a lot of weight or gained a lot right. of weight for the performance, but outside of that, the, yeah, you're right. It's all mental stuff. Interesting. But like when I see Liv Tyler, like crawling through the thing, I'm like that's the, only, she's the only person out of like a crew of there's 50 people on that set yeah and she's the only person who has to do that at like 4 a.m and yeah. like cry at the same time that's like yeah it's just as hard as like it's probably easier for meryl streep to just go in and walk through margaret thatcher and get the iron lady perform than Liv tyler having to, right now to see margaret thatcher do this role or to see meryl streep as, as margaret, margaret thatcher, thatcher. <laughs> just misses out fire. Why did you do it? I think I sprained my ankle in, in the hole where a rabbit has its bunnies. <laughs> do you ever have that when you're a kid? Be walking along and you're like, ah! Then you look down and it's oh. like, what are those holes with bunnies in it? You're like, ah! Actual bunnies? Yeah. No, that, that must be, be an the Iowa thing. Here are holes where rattlesnakes or at the, like, the least harmful, like a gopher or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Gardener steaks were always out and about too. Yeah. 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 Um, but what's the snake in Pasadena that you would be? That's like a possibility. Here? That, that could be deadly. Well, there's there would definitely be rattlesnakes in the hills mm -hmm. and maybe the Arroyo too, I would think. Yikes. And then, yeah, probably garter snakes. I would. I, I don't know if there'd be other kinds here. Mm. I mean, I'm just cold-hearted. Maybe snakes. I should sleep over at your house tonight, to just be, in case there's some snakes outside the house. Yeah, like, well, you're gonna have to leave at some point. That's true. Maybe I'll dig a hole and if I run into one of those snakes, I'll befriend them. Uh, yeah, and then have some bunny babies. Um, that record that's playing, um, the Merle Haggard song. Yeah, but yeah. there's one with a woman oh, yeah. singing. I hate that type of singing. I do too. Whatever, what was that, that ear of the, hey, she boosted it, it, uh, it. It's not Joanna Newsom, is it? I don't think it was Joanna Newsom on the record, was it? I don't know, but I'm with you. That kind of effect, voice affectation with the sh, the sh or the shing. It's like one step away from Carol Channing, but jazz style. It's awful. 
It's really awful. Did you know, uh, I once saw Carol Channing, she had gotten an OzFest poster. I guess she had gone to OzFest, because I started looking at it, and she was like, corn? I don't remember seeing corn. <laughs> the beats of these things you do were my, my first inclination is this is a real story. Then I realize it's not, but I still don't know where it's going. And then the arrival, it's a wonderful journey. Well, soon uh, you'll get to a point where, like, with family members, we'll go, you know, I heard, and they're like, this is a joke. Yeah, they call it out right <laughs> yeah. away. But the live, the, I'm just excited for the live streamers to be able to see when you start something like that, my face will go from, like, quizzical to, oh, here we go, to, yeah, we did it. Yeah, no, to, we did it. Uh, the, uh, I felt like it kind of looked like they were in Roseanne's house, but I liked that cozy. That's, it's amazing. It was a real location, but the interior was a set in a nearby warehouse that they built. It wasn't a soundstage. That is some of the best set. It's really good. It looked really real. I was even thinking it was real because I I was noticing the, the wall oven in the kitchen is set in a brick you know, like piling or chimney, but it's off center. So to the point where you'd go, well, well, they would never design it that way. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it's really good. God, usually my alarms go off and even yeah, reading. Set dark. Yeah. And, and I read Brantley's notes beforehand that said it was a stage and watching it. Not what did it cross my mind? Me either. I also just assumed a movie like this would shoot on location for a couple of weeks and wherever this was. Oh, it seems like the thing. Yeah. A low budget thing. You run a place for two weeks and you, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Oh, and um, that they could remove every wall in the set to get wherever they wanted to be with the camera was, I guess if I started thinking about the layout of the house and how it worked at some point, particularly like when she's moving around before she goes into the closet, um, if I stopped and thought, I'd be like, wait a minute, this is playing a little fast and loose where people mm. are at. I, the one time I thought they were a little too fast and loose was the part where she's in the equipment shack and she gets the microphone. Mm-hmm. And then the guy comes in and like smashes the microphone and then it just cuts to her crawling away from the shack. I was like, mm. yeah. I mean, it there's times where you can kind of like um, forgive it because you go, it's not like the thing of Michael Myers. Well, Michael Myers, you know, toys with people, but there's some times where you're just like, why? Yeah. Why didn't Ma- they- Why ain't Michael killing right now? Right. This, it did seem like they do enjoy Definitely. fucking with people. Oh, with all the writing, the messages and, and their end game is to tie them up before they even kill them. Right. Yeah. And then uh, just the um, wearing masks, it seems childlike too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, There are a couple jump scares. That first one when the mask shows up at the door is really good. Yeah. Uh, and would you, it's not even a jump scare, but the first reveal of when she's that long wide shot and the guy comes in and you see the mask in the darkness in the background. Oh yeah. It's just stillness. That maybe is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Cause it's just, you just linger on that forever and you don't know if she knows. Right. But she's sensing something. Same thing with when Glenn Howerton 
gets killed, he knows something's there, but it's almost like he doesn't want to turn around because he wants to get the surprise on them. But he also knows maybe the, his friends up ahead. Yeah, it's really good dynamic. It is. It is. I th- there in the rewatch, and I'm not thinking of this the first time I watched it, but this time I was like, why doesn't the friend? say something he does when he walking in the house but yeah why doesn't he in the hall because i think he thinks i know he would think there's I, danger I, i've you know thought it out where i was like oh he doesn't want to alert somebody who's hiding my go as soon as you say something i'm killing you yeah and so he's going into it but so not necessarily why would somebody logically not do it why wouldn't somebody on a human mm-hmm. level make a sound that would just, I guess the music's playing. Yeah. I think, he, I think they covered it with him entering the house, doing that and then seeing the carnage kind of yeah. go like there's danger here. I better investigate or something. I didn't, didn't, but why would it really, you know, like obviously there's been violence. Yeah. And the th- I think the threat exists, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, who knows? I just think that my human instinct, any yeah. human instinct, you'd go, hey, yeah, who's here? But don't you think when he's walking down the hall, they show a moment where he stops and re- I think he kind of realizes someone's behind oh, him. Oh, definitely. I just yeah. mean like the moment when it hits him, what's happening when he comes in the oh, house. Yeah. I, yeah, right. Or a door sl- uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm being so nitpicky, but it, it is because... Um. Also that they like wouldn't slash the tires and stuff like that. Like, I guess maybe the fun is watching them try to back out and then having the truck come in. He did slash the tires. So when they were backing out, they had no, they, they weren't able to get out. Uh Oh, okay. 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 That's on me. And you're going to (gasps) pay. Matt, get outside with all the snakes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'd say my favorite part of the movie is when he first goes out to get the cigarettes and she's walking around the house and and stuff. That's as good as any scary moment in a movie because it is really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the, yeah, the fear of like, oh, I've guessed that that person is there, but then you hear a sound in another direction. Yeah. Yeah. And the closet scene where you can see the man outside the closet at times, it's not even like he's just focused on the closet, but he's looking around, but he will stop and look at the closet. Yeah. A couple of times. It's really good. Yeah. And the closet scene, I think is my other favorite part. Yeah, like, uh, cause it's so Halloweeny. Yeah. Like just how many closets have those great Venetian blinds that so perfectly like frame. Yeah, the perfect horror closet. The, the, I think the message there, the moral is don't have that kind of closet in your house and you're yeah. safe. If you build that closet, it will happen. The shape will come. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit of a spoiler, though, in this movie that went at the very end, the twist that Liv Tyler's alive, because her name's Liv. <laughs> and I, the whole time I'm like, why would they telegraph that like that? From the moment she was born, Steven Tyler wanted to spoil this movie? <laughs> at That's least so in the stupid. credits, they should have put like, dead Tyler. Yeah. Or, uh, like coma Tyler on life support. Tyler, uh, could go either way. Tyler could go either way. Tyler, I yeah. think is what 
if she really cared about this project, she would have changed her name. So the opening credits would say that to lead. I agree. Like I, how many times have I changed my name for this podcast? I know you do the work. Uh, uh, one offs season and two with unoffs and rust. Wait, how did it go? In Kruger, we trust with Kruger and rust. In one offs, we trust. In one offs, we trust with Orly, Orly and rust. Try explaining that to the county clerk registrar down in Norwalk. But you do it. I do it every time. And for like a Christmas mini season of four episodes we did. It's a busy time of year. And a busy time of year, especially they're working through all their end of year stuff. Um, The, do you think with mention, speaking of Liv Tyler, is she supposed to be playing the character she plays in the amazing video? Yeah. Is is that the one with the bungee jump? That's, um, I think that's just Alicia. Yeah, it's just Alicia Silverstone. Okay. And Amazing is the one where Steven Tyler was like, I want to sexualize, sexualize my, daughter my daughter in this video. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was a great summer when that stretch of living on the edge, right. crying, and Amazing. The, uh, the I-N apostrophe yeah, series. Right. I mean, they might as well be country musicians with that kind of pronunciation. <laughs> um. I yeah, got do no you have more. toys in the attic or uh, um, <laughs> tractors in the attic, Aerosmith? <laughs> I've got no more notes except one for the end, so pile on through yours. Okay. Um, the uh, I do think once the, um, the gun goes off, once a shotgun kind of comes out, my brain starts opening up to other possibilities. Yeah. Um, like just run down the street, firing off a shotgun. That's exactly what Amanda and I were doing. Go back to back outside yep. into the open with a shotgun and you will see them coming. Yep. It's a little bit of the zombie conundrum yeah. thing of like, I think if you just got a good yeah. head on them, they're going to now be falling behind and it's in your favor. Yeah. Um, the, when they, was that a, when they were trying to stop the door, they, put a piano against it. I was like, they lucked out so, or they didn't have any luck. It's too bad that one of those strangers wasn't like Ben Folds. That could have played the piano. Yeah. Cause he would get distracted. You know, he's like trying to get through your door and he's like, wait, a piano. I first of all, I can't put an ax to that. Second of all, I got to sit down at this. You're absolutely right. What if that was, third of all, I got to play the battle of who could care less. (laughs) What What if it was Ben Folds? Tori Amos and and Billy Joel. Well, I was trying to think of another girl. Oh, yes. Fiona, that's better. Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple. Yeah. That would have been the perfect if they would have gone back and done reshoots. And then for that movie. Just, there's three pianos in there and they do dueling triple pianos <laughs> like Daffy and Donald and Roger Rabbit. <laughs> they pull off. It's Ben Folds, Tori Amos, and Fiona Apple. Yeah. And they didn't even know. They'd never seen each other without right, masks. Right. So they're like, oh my God. And then uh, Bill Graham like comes down the hallway and is like, I put this together. Who's Bill Graham? Uh, like the guy, uh, 
in San Francisco who had put together shows in the 60s. It's such a Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just trying to think of like, yeah. who did like The Last Waltz? Like, this is his oh, new right. version of The yes, Last Waltz. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's a big impresario <laughs> show producer. But now he does it with The Prestige. He kind of oh, does it like a... <laughs> even, the, even the part, even the entertainers don't know who they're playing with. <laughs> Next week, John Tesh, um, <laughs> Harry Connick Jr., and Natalie Merchant at the Keys. Also, I think that would kind of be a shitty setup. Three penis kind of just. Yeah. That doesn't seem. No. Yeah. No. Got a little, had a little brass in there. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have a little brass in there. Um, the. Um, when the friend does get shot, I love how it answers the little bloodshot on the wall that you see at the beginning. Yeah. And that little thing that your brain's doing the whole time of piecing it together. Yeah. Is, the knife with the blood on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, another version of, oh, the, the thing about, um, he lied about hunting with his dad. Right. Um, I'm glad the movie didn't do more of those. That seems like that could be a thrust of a movie is sort of like, Oh, this all couple this unraveling, yeah, yeah, and that they start turning on each other because they're finding things out yeah. under stress. It, I did think it was cool because, like, one of the few times where we're learning something at the same time a character is most of the time, mm -hmm. we're behind as they are or ahead of them because we see a stranger coming up on them. Yeah, but I like under it was like noticeable to me when she said that. I was like, oh, I'm learning something. At the same time, somebody else's. Uh, yeah, this movie's is about as simple as it could be, which is a good thing. With, oh, without, definitely. Without being so a, simple. A I mean, bad movie still would have interested. pathos after pathos oh, yeah. moment like that. And uh, exposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the... Um, did you ever go hunting with your yeah. dad? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I grew up in a bit of a hunting culture, so I... I oh, I did too? Yeah. I first went, you know, BB gun hunting and killed a bird and was off on my own on a different path and cried. And then, <laughs> but I still thought like, mm. this is just something I do is I go hunting and then went with high school friends hunting and shot cute critters. And then there was just a moment, I don't know, probably right when I was going off to college where I just went, why the fuck am I doing this? I don't enjoy, I loved shooting guns. I really still mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. target practice and mm -hmm. sh shooting ranges, but I would cry every time I killed something. And, but but it never occurred to me to have the like agency to say I don't want to do this. Yeah, and it was the same thing with skiing and golfing. I was just brought along on those things and did them my whole childhood life and never wanted to. Yeah, I, you know it's tough because uh, I'm this is true for any kid. Sometimes dad time can be rare time. Right. Yeah. Or something like that. So like you're sign up for the stuff. I don't know if this was the case. I went hunting cause my dad liked it and it was time with my dad. Not that he wasn't around a lot. He was, he was yeah. a present father, but like it definitely was like, and I didn't enjoy it, but it was like, uh, the fear of being a squeaky wheel. Yeah. Like yeah. not being, you don't want your dad to be like, you don't want to do this. No, I do, <laughs> or whatever. I know, that and thing. I think my dad actually would have been fine. Yeah, with it. he wasn't like so invested in that kind of macho bullshit. Yeah, and I actually, you know, 
have no issue with people that hunt and eat everything they're yeah, hunting. Yeah. Like I get that, but this wasn't what we were doing. Right. And I think also I was really interested in military history, action movies. Oh yeah. Gun kits, replica oh, yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. So I could easily see where my dad was like, Oh, they'll love this. Yeah. You know, but I sure as hell didn't. I, I, well, I, I shot did, that I, first bird. It haunted me. Yeah. I still get a pang because I remember walking over to it, shot it with a BB, walking over to it and skip ahead if you don't want to hear anything graphic, but it just like there was no wound. And then out of nowhere, a wound just started geysering. Whoa. And I just like... It's like the opening of Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yes. And I felt horrible. Yeah. And I was such a pet guy. like loved love my cats and they my cats would get hit by cars all the time and i would just be wrecked it's so funny because i was such a terrible shot i never oh, even came you're, close you're it was blessed. the same as me trying to th- throw a ball over the strike zone it yeah. just was never possibly going to happen you're it would blessed. be a fluke if i hit i'm not saying i was good i wasn't but the this was the one i finally got so there was that moment of like yeah yeah it has to be yeah and also a fake aggressiveness like i think i was also like right trying to convince myself of like yeah i'm into this i'm into this that's some perfect boy stuff yeah convincing yourself you're into something you don't like (laughs) really really is and i like if i I got out of school for it though so that was to go hunting yeah like uh my dad would um pheasants oh wow so we'd go out and it was uh, it'd be great it'd be like one of those clear fall days Mm. in the midwest that just like the sky has like ultimate clarity. So you use like shotguns with birdshot in them. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Out six and then you just kind of walk out in this cold air. It was nice. It was like had the kind of crisp feeling yeah. in your lungs. And uh, we do that for a few hours, then go back and get breakfast somewhere or lunch. And would you guys eat the pheasant? Uh, no, we never. My dad a couple times got them like stuffed. Oh, but otherwise you. Dude, it was just the sport. Um, yeah, my dad might have gave them to people to eat, but yeah. we never ate like interesting. Yeah. House. yeah. So did you? How did you? Did you ever get one? No, I never got oh. one, and so uh, a terrible <laughs> shot. And then my I shot some some of the hunters mistake. <laughs> Yeah, it was Vice President Cheney. Uh, But uh, my dad's experience was uh, he was a hunter and hunted pheasants. And then uh, as he got older and, uh, you know, in the winter of his years or whatever, he told me he was once driving to work and he saw that a squirrel had just been like run over on the street and he saw it like dying and he started crying and he was like, I'm not going to hunt anymore. Oh, it's like, that was the connection. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm sure the value of life means something a little different on the other side. Yeah. I mean, pay no attention to this stuffed jackalope I have here. And that's real, right? Absolutely. Well, it's a real jackalope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that voiced by Dave Coulier? Yes. <laughs> um, so is the opening title card of this movie. <laughs> Oh, but the reason I brought up the hunting thing was I can't, I couldn't hotwire hot a truck. Oh, I couldn't either. When he was doing that, I I'm don't like, think most people. I can. feel you, buddy. I don't think most people. Can. I think that's another movie convention. Yeah, I think a lot of cars are actually quite hotwire proof. Yeah, right. Maybe like, an old truck like, like that. Yes, mm-hmm. you probably could, but 
But uh, he I was doing it like, like how I would, which is like basically I take two wires. I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't yeah. even know what I'm doing. Yeah, here. Then he just gave up and left. Great. I know. I appreciate that because the amount of movies that either <sighs> hot wire or flip the visor down and the keys are there. Yes. Other than Bill and Ted's. <laughs> because that has a reason. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Uh, the uh, backyards are scary. It's outside, but they're scarier than the front yard. Yeah. The front yard, you got a bunch of neighbors looking at you. A backyard is right. like way scarier yeah, than. Yeah. So when all that stuff is happening in the backyard, is extra scary. There's a part two when she's in the equipment shack when she hears them say hello. Yeah. All the voices are so good in this yeah. too that how plain spoken they are. Yeah, there's no. I thought it was. Me. Hey Sydney, that guy on the other end of the ham radio was the same guy that. Uh, Wendy Torrance calls at the Overlook, who's that very American actor, but must have lived in England because he's in all these British shop movies like View to a Kill and The Shining. And he was the Ratzenberger of his time. I think so. Yeah, the, the American there's Shane actor Rimmer. There's this guy. There's Ratzenberger. Yeah. Uh, I thought of Shining, of course, during all that stuff. Just like, oh, she's trying to get it. Both of them are would like to use the radio. Only one. And it's the strangers who are being Jack, you know, destroying yeah. it and let, um, not CB, but, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I wonder, he's in a view to a kill. Yeah. He's the like Texas oil tycoon. Oh man. Well, um, the, the guy's a Superman too. I think he's okay. Because the Overlook or manager who plays Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah, he's the guy Terry in Superman Denton. Three who's like these green, yes, these green things can't get hot or they'll explode. That's right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about how Philip Stone, who plays Charles or Delbert Grady, is in Temple of Doom. He's in a few things too, and Joe Turkle, who's the bartender Lloyd, he's in Blade Runner, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Turks. Turks and he's American, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got your work cut out for you. Maybe that's what canceled actors should do. Oh, Just go. Isn't that, well, that's kind of what like Woody Allen does in France, right? He still makes movies over there. And yeah, first he went over there just for the financing and then, uh, and Johnny Depp. Right. Yeah. It's funny because I don't know how tax breaks work out. It seems like people are always leaving their own countries to go to the countries that I think taxes are bad for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, 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 when he finally attacks her and then, yeah, we were talking about how they look kind of like a family and then, um, when then, uh, yeah, it becomes daylight. It reminded me a lot of the, um, the unnervingness of like those Lake Berryessa scenes in Zodiac, the like daytime attack, mm -hmm. like looking over and seeing somebody get stabbed in daylight yeah. next to you and stuff. Um, did I tell you where I went and saw Zodiac, the Los Feliz 3? No. 35 millimeter. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's very uh, nice. But um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I do think as far as the... Uh, I like the little sequel ADR of the, um, it'll be easier next time. Yeah, that, that's, I don't so know if I need that. I don't definitely, I don't, 
this movie seems to that end moment with Liv Tyler, the little carry ending with the boy. It doesn't necessarily feel like this movie. That's this is where my note comes in. Mm-hmm. Is it a better ending if they don't kill them and just say basically like leave, like we were just here to scare the shit out of you, but the tragedy is they killed their friend. I know it's darker yeah. in a way, even though that they live. Because to me it was I guess not that I want to twist by any means, but it's just the whole time I always you are kind of going like what's their game? What are they in who are they? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty straightforward and I appreciate that. I like this ending, but maybe the real horror would be we were never going to kill you, but su- yeah. it sucks that you shot your friend, you know? Yeah. I yeah, I I for me I think if it had just ended with the boys showing up at the house at the end. Yeah. Or even just their little interaction, their kind of no country for old men style reaction, like two naive, innocent kids crossing paths with evil and just like having some sense of it, but not a full understanding. Um, And then them showing up at the the house there. But uh, maybe I could see people went a little goose at the end. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, it, it is an effective shot. The way she screams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm looking up Strangers to the sequel, The Strangers colon Prey at Night. Christina Hendricks, Hmm. Lewis Pullman. Uh, Those are the only names I recognize. That's interesting. Are the they're different actors for the killers? Is it the same three faces? Yeah. I'm curious. I can't, probably can't be great, but um, oh, let's see. Let's see. What year was it? It's 2018. Whoa. Um, let's see if the. So it took 10 years before a sequel came along. Yeah. Let's see if the strain, the new one is coming along at all. Uh, we got to knock on the door right now, and it's Randy Harlan. He's like, I have a screener <laughs> for you boys. Let me look up Renny. Care to watch? Helmed by Hel- Harlan. Helmed by Harlan. Renny Harlan. Um, oh, that was a, another Aerosmith song. Renny Harlan, I-N apostrophe. I'm not seeing this on his list unless it's called Carrier or The Refuge. Hmm. No. Hmm. Renny Renny. Quite contrary. <laughs> uh, okay, let's um, <laughs> let's do best kill. We'll read some Xenos and then give our final score. <laughs> I guess my best kill is just uh, the friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going back and forth between that and then the husband's kill at the end, but the way that probably hits me hardest is the uh, is the friend, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, oh, I'm just getting an email from Brantley. On the, we did a live screaming test, and I mentioned the sound mix on this was not great. Mm-hmm. It was too far in dynamic range, especially with a baby in the house. Cause mm-hmm. I had to really work the remote Yeah, to hear the dialogue loud enough, but also allow the jump scares to hit would be way too 
impactful. And Brantley just wrote us and said, just catching up on the live screaming test you did. And it's funny you mentioned the bad audio mix because one fact that I didn't put in the notes was that a number of theaters were delivered reels of the film that had a section with poor audio mix, which essentially left, left a portion of the film with <laughs> a static sound. But apparently many of the audiences didn't realize because the subdued sa- static sound seemed like it was a choice by the filmmaker. <laughs> Interesting. I love that choice by the filmmaker mix-ups. Wow. That happened with uh, Lovely Bones with me. The film started slowing down. Oh, really? And everybody gave it like a good minute before thinking it was a, a stylistic choice. But then it's funny just how you're the grammar of movies or whatever, the eye, how things put together. The next scene started and it was still slow and everybody's like, okay, this is bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like right when they revealed the had the box in seven, the the alarm in the theater went off and the lights came on and, because it was like a fire Whoa. Did you at first think it was like a William Castle style, like in theater gimmick? Immersive event. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, just because we did two quick tests about telling people to be a xenomorph to get the live screaming, we've had a lot of baby xenomorph name shout outs come in. Hey, fun. So uh, bear with us. We've got one, two, three, uh, something like 10 or so here. Fun. uh, All right. Paul, can you read Dan M, Dan Matucci as a new no no? No, no, no. Uh, Stanley Tucci, get out of here. It's Dan Matucci. No, no, no. <laughs> My daughter calls Goofy Tucci. Um, Tucci is Goofy. Yes. Stanley Goofy. Uh, Devin Perkins and Hannah Cody. Shout out. Uh, first time dad last summer as well. Hey, all right. Okay. Uh, Paul, can you do Aaron Canary as Marge Simpson? <laughs> Aaron Canary? Yes. Oh, homie. I love you, but I really love Eric, Eric, Eric Canary. Well, a little golem in there, too. <laughs> now can you do John Michael Brothers as a new no-no? <laughs> new no-no. It's not John Michael's sisters. It's John Michael Brothers. New no-no. Sisters are brothers now. Can you do Andy Land as Ernie Anderson, the ABC primetime announcer, maybe as a guest star on Dynasty Love Boat or Who's the Boss? That's Andy Land. Andy Land. This Thursday, Dynasty with star, guest star, Andy Land. How about Cody J. Scott as a member of Pinhead's Court? Cody J. Scott? Yeah, Cody J. Um, Scott. um, Cody J. Scott is the most nefarious <laughs> member next to Butterball of Pinhead's Court. Uh, Nick Shively gets a shout out and his partner, Amanda. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, ring any bells for you, Matt? Partner named Amanda. A little bit. <laughs> Hello, this is Ian Fleming. Don't you know I say old boy, yield what, what, tip, tip, cheerio and all that? I'd like to give a shout out to Jason Ross. Don't you see I say? Don't you see I say? Um, Ian, uh, have you ever thought about spelling your name F-L-E-M-I-N, apostrophe? Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. I say, I'd ride along loping on the haunches of my Cadillac steeds, and never again shall a G come before me when an apostrophe will do. I'd like to give a shout out, this is director Ivan Kirshner, to Zach Adams, who I would have loved it if he was in my movie, the sequel to Star Wars called America Strikes Back. America? Well, whatever. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Amy uh, Husky would like her name read as a Bob Woodward Dennis Farina combo. Oh God! Okay, I always have to relearn this every time. Amy Husky, go for it. Trump hid a lot of things. He was hiding. <sighs> Amy. <laughs> I gotta go in. I gotta go mm-hmm. in via Farina to get to Woodward. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. That's when I talk like, ah, God, it's hard to come out of Kushner. You gotta you, get that. You Kushner really got up. me, Amy. Um, Amy, well, give, give, give a good full throated De Bears just to De Bears. I'm Dennis Farina, and Trump was very mad about having to go to the Oval Office. Amy Husky. <laughs> And finally, uh, uh, this is just Derek Lawler, uh, who's upgrading to Zeno, and he gets a shout-out. Um, wonderful. Okay, so you nice. two can get a shout-out. Subscribe at the Xenomorph level. That will also unlock keys to the kingdom of the live-screaming events. Now it's time to rate this movie. Yes. Um... Do you like, uh, now listen, asshole, do you like my pasta or not? <laughs> Who's that? Dennis Farina <laughs> Pasta. <laughs> yeah, I'm I really Dennis. did this crazy switch where I took out an Italian guy's last name and thought it kind of sounded like a pasta. I'm Dennis Purina Cat Food. <laughs> if, you, if you think I'm going to just open with any can opener... That ain't gonna be the case. Who plays Sipowitz? Why am I blanking on Dan, uh, Dan, uh, uh, Dennis. Oh, you're right. Dennis Farina. Wait, no. no Dan, Franz. Dennis Franz. John McClane. What right you got to be in this air? My airport, John McClane. I love that. That's my favorite kind of uh, Chicago actor accent, I think, yeah. is the Franz. Yeah. Uh, uh, first, you're gonna. Uh, yeah, and Justica was, he's like. I don't care if it's uptown, downtown, you're going to get his ass in here. <laughs> what the hell? It's Christmas! That's when he tears up John McClane's parking ticket. <laughs> oh, my God. I would just love to see all the takes. I know. Of Dennis Fred saying, what the hell, it's Christmas. Yeah. A super cut. All right. You gave the thing a 13. I gave it a 12. 12. I gave the hand an 11. <laughs> More fingers than two hands can have. You gave it a 7.5. There should have been a rule. We couldn't go over 10. Uh, <laughs> Suspiria, I gave an 11. You gave it a 12. What are you giving the strangers? Hmm. I'll give it a 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10 as well. It's a well-made... Da 10. Da 10s. Da 10s. That's a good showing there, Bob. Now, uh, you got to believe me when I say that George went, George went, <laughs> John Goodman, Robert Smigel. Hey, have you gotten to meet Smigel yeah. in the Conan podcast? Yeah, because we did those uh, Hans and Franz, the the script for the unmade movie. Oh, that's so With awesome. Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon, Robert Smigel, and Conan. Yeah. So great. Check those out. I got to play a 
a couple of small, you do? small roles. Oh, damn. Very, very small I've roles. wanted to check out that screenplay ever since Robert Smigel, like 10 years ago, described it as, oh, we were trying to do a, like a Pee Wee's Big Adventure version of Hans and Franz. Like, oh, ooh, that sounds I awesome. It. I can send it to you. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, Robert Smigel is uh, somebody who is like number one on my list of if I could just sit down and talk to for an hour and listen to him talk share stuff that he can't share in oh, interviews, yeah, but also yeah. just walk around in his brain. He and you like, know those would be good because he's not too shy about sharing things. Like yeah, that, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a really nice guy. Uh, he seems were. like I've listened to every interview of his. He just seems, his mind is just, I love it. And so to get to talk. But um, the, uh, um, oh, what was I going to say about, oh, I worked on an MTV Movie Awards thing once, uh, was on the writing staff, and he was there because he was helping develop a bit that Kiefer Sutherland was doing that night that was outside of the regular mm-hmm. writing. So he was just hanging out, and then at the after party, I saw him, and I started going over, and I wanted to talk to him. And uh, I don't know, I think it was because people knew he was a a writer, but he, uh, uh, for SNL and stuff, but he just had like three beautiful, uh, female, um, uh, comedian actors, like just surrounding him and laughing at everything he said. I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to ruin like Robert smile does not want me to like push aside (laughs) like women and be like, can you tell me about the 87, 88 season of SNL please? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but maybe if I had an hour with him, I could do that. But what if you did do that and the three women just went, who's this? <laughs> Beat it, Robert. Look, you worked at SNL, but this person knows things about it. <laughs> He's got an almost encyclopedic knowledge of SNL. That's why we're here. He wrote down who the hosts and musical guests were in the mid-90s uh, every, in a notebook. <sighs> Well, Matt, yep. another great time. Thank God no stranger showed up at uh, your door while we and were doing this. thank God this. I'm a country boy who doesn't use G's. <laughs> thank God. Thank God thank I'm a country boy. Thank God I'm a country boy. All right, we'll see you next week with... Uh, oh, yeah, oh, it's a... Yeah, what's the movie? I think it's seven. Hold on. Let me... Just give me a second. I think it's actually the fifth movie, man. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hey. Who's this guy? Uh, it's uh, where was that written? Where someone did so now? Are we in the range of any like low vote, high vote? It's kind of now we're just kind of getting to the juicy middle, right? Yeah, I can give you that breakdown. Let me find it. Um, now it's time for a breakdown. Grandkid roundup. (laughs) (laughs) Your life has been absorbed. Awful. Okay. The thing was first with 650 votes. And just to remind you, we're going uh, basically highest vote to lowest vote and then second highest vote to second lowest vote till we meet in the middle. So thing had 650 votes. The hand has 90. Suspiria had 512 votes. The strangers, 99 votes. Next is the seven is the seven, (laughs) Uh, seven with 256 votes. And then, then it goes sinister with a hundred, the conjuring with one twenty eight, and the vanishing with one eighteen. Okay, yeah, fine. All right, so seven is up next. Seven, David Fincher classic. Yes, yes. Is that yes. set in Chicago? They never say, do they? No, it's but filmed in L.A. 
I think it's filmed in LA and yeah. uh, Andrew Kevin Walker who wrote it wrote it when he was living in New York and he says it's his Valentine to New York of like the experience of living in New what York. Valentine. But hey, there ain't no fields of wheat just outside of New York last time no. I checked. Or Cal- uh, Los Angeles. There ain't no good, good times. times the there wheat. ain't no bad times. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com, and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.